Welcome back to the Mummy Mayhem podcast. I'm your host, Steph, first time working mum of Nate, a happy one-year-old. I'm all about family first and adjusting to the selfless life of being a mum. I'm passionate about mindfulness and filling your cup first before you fill others. I love spending my days off adventuring with Nate and just living in the moment. Welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Mayhem podcast. This week, I have another beautiful guest joining me to raise awareness about the fertility challenges we can go through. I truly believe storytelling is the best way to connect and grow together. Whether it be by word of mouth or listening into a podcast, it really can help you understand and have a deeper level of connection. This episode, we are chatting to Krista Peters, aka Kit. Kit is the founder of Together We Wait, a solution-focused community that brings women in IVF together, both online and in person. Over the years, Kit has found that many women in IVF feel there is a lack of emotional and mental support offered by their clinics and feel socially isolated. Described by many as a missing piece of the puzzle, Together We Wait connects women based on the shared understanding of the lived experience. It is a safe, inclusive, and judgment-free space for them to belong, to be understood, and to feel empowered. This episode, we dive deep into all things endometriosis, uh, how Kit was first diagnosed, and how so many women suffer in silence or without knowledge that they have this syndrome. Kit also shares with us a life-changing event in an Uber drive that shaped how she would help other women through IVF treatments and be a support system towards them. Then of course we talk about her passion project of Together We Wait, a community for women struggling with IVF or going through the process. This episode has so many wonderful stories and outcomes and it was such a pleasure chatting with Kit. So grab yourself a comfy seat and enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kit. For the Mummy Mayhem listeners who don't know you, I'd love to get a better understanding of who Kit Peters is. Oh, thanks for having me on, Steph. Um, I've been asked this question um, a few weeks ago and I thought, you know what, I could provide the basic information. Like I'm 34, (laughs) I live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and um, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm a very soulful person. And on a soul level, I think, you know, my spirit is very kind of, my nature is very childlike um, and I love nature and the ocean. So when I think about who I am, that's, that's essentially... Um, captures those sorts of things. I'm also very creative. I love to dance. I love to write. Um, And I am also um, a good listener, I think, in my personal opinion. But I'm also an auntie, a sister, and I have two of the most, I have the most amazing parents, two amazing humans in my life who I love dearly and have supported me through so much and getting a bit emotional um they are they are such a blessing to me and um 
Yeah, because I I didn't spend Easter with them, so I'm feeling a bit. Yeah, I feel a bit yeah sad about that. But ultimately, I that's who I am. I'm just a really free spirited individual, um, and I love. I love life and I, li- I try and live life with gratitude and appreciation for all of my blessings, which are many um, yeah. and mostly my health and my family, really. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> I feel like I know no you worries. a lot better already. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Sorry for getting emotional. Gosh. No, don't be. I also got emotional. So because of the social distancing, I can't see my mum either. And yeah. I had to pick something up from her house yesterday. So I got to see her through the door, but I cried <laughs> because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't give her a cuddle. So I can definitely relate to how hard it is right now. But yeah. we are doing everything we can for the future, for a, a happier right. future. Yeah. That's right. And oh. I mean, um, it was yeah, it's for the greater good this weekend to just to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So before we dive into the beautiful community you've created known as Together We Wait, let's chat first about your personal journey of infertility. So I have read a few of your recent blogs and it's a big standout for me is a love letter to my reproductive system. Um, yeah, that one is, has such a powerful message and it mentions your recent removal of endometri- oh. Endometriosis. Yeah. yeah, endo, let's call it endo. <laughs> let's call it endo, yeah. That's, everyone knows it as that anyway. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> For those of our listeners who don't know, what is endo and how did you uh, come to find you had the disorder? So endometriosis is essentially, um, well, <laughs> I'm not a medical expert, but yes, <laughs> in basic form, so people understand, mm-hmm. it's strange endometrium cells that you usually shed in your monthly period um, that behave in a different way, and it cause it can cause buildup and adhesions on your uterus and grow and can grow, and these this buildup and cells can grow outside of the uterus on other organs as well. So it's quite, it's a strange um, disease um, and it it takes on average in Australia about 10 years to diagnose, which is just total insanity. Um, So yeah, it's, there's, there's, there's a big need for more research in the space. Definitely. Um, So your next question was how I came to find, yeah. find out about mine. Yeah. Um, so mine was, my endometriosis was sort of, I guess you could say that it was uncovered through my infertility journey um, and um, IVF. So um, I've, I went through IVF with my now ex-husband and um, we had or embryo transfers, none of which took. And then by the, by the last transfer, um, we, our doctor at the time had said, said to me, look, the only thing I can think of is endometriosis with you because essentially everything else is just tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Um, and we're just not sure. So it was a bit unexplained for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so essentially... I and then after that, I after that, um, probably about four four to five months after that, my husband and I sadly, my ex husband and I sadly split up. Um, 
which actually it was sad at the time, but isn't now. It was actually, um, I'm very at peace with it now. And yeah. it's for the, for the greatest, the highest good of both of us. Yeah. Um, but during that time, I kind of, I had about a year where I just thought, oh, I really need to get that test done for endometriosis, yeah. knowing yeah. in the back of my mind that I wouldn't be trying to conceive anytime soon. And I was mm-hmm. actually just rebuilding my life from scratch after, uh, after you know, um, yeah, separating well, and divorcing, yeah, <laughs> divorcing from, like, from someone who I had been with for 13 years. Yeah. So um, I eventually last year came to the decision that I needed to go in because the only real way of determining whether you have endometriosis is to have um, laparoscopic surgery. Um, So keyhole surgery, is that? that Yeah, 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 Um, which I went in for and I I did in fact have it, which my gynaecologist actually um, was pretty sound um, in his advice when he examined me that I I would have it pre-surgery um but the only way to really know is to go in and take a look um that's crazy i know i know so there needs to be more research done into testing definitely um and i think that that's why it takes so long to diagnose because the surgery is quite invasive um but you know what in terms of um the infertility side of things and what I found through Together We Wait is that there's a lot of women um, who are who receive this late diagnosis of endometriosis that mm. are going through IVF. And um, <laughs> we've often had this conversation that we would have that surgery before having multiple rounds and cycles oh, IVF. of IVF yeah. and all the emotional trauma that comes with having a failed or a non-viable transfer. And what that means is not falling pregnant from an embryo transfer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's such an extensive process too. And for you to go through Mm -hmm. all of that and then find out you have endo after all of that, that's just mentally straining it would have been for you. Oh, there was so much anger. There was so much anger and so much grief um, that I had to move through. And, you know, it's not linear. Sometimes it surfaces again. I just can recognise it quicker and deal. And I have all my beautiful practices Mm -hmm. in terms of resources to tap into to deal with that. Um, And um, I'm hoping to share those more broadly with Together We Wait this year. That's certainly my goal. Um, Yeah, so... Wow, thank you for sharing that journey. Um, that was, that for you has been, <laughs> at the time, such a struggle, but then on reflection, when you're out of it, it just would have felt a lot more, um, it's a lot easier to discuss when you're not going through it. Would you agree? Absolutely. And coming out of that, I just really was given a mirror of my, my, my own strength and my body's strength to heal yeah. as well. Um, and there was, there's lots of beautiful lessons in that too. Like um, I, I, you know, in terms of looking after yourself and um, getting more curious too about things that, you know, I, I, I didn't really have any symptoms. So my endometriosis oh. was, silent and I think that that's probably one of the contributing factors also of it not being diagnosed yeah um so sooner because a lot of of, uh, probably I would say you know um 
it, it would be you know, quite a few, almost half um, of the women that I've met through Together We Wait that didn't have any symptoms. And then yeah. there's the other end of the spectrum where these women are just suffering so much and yeah. you know, they're, they're vomiting and it's pain next level. Whereas I didn't really, I didn't have any of that. So um, I didn't, I didn't really know that I didn't know like and there was no other way that my my doctors would have known Mm. um unless they went in and took and had a look look. but also I think what's really important is that sometimes we're not aware of what's normal and what's not with our bodies as females because I mean certainly for my generation we do start we do talk about it more but I think this this the sort of younger people today have a better way of talking about their bodies and discussing things. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, older generations, I feel like we kind of shied away from having that conversation about yeah. our periods and stuff like that so openly. Yeah, so, exactly. It was, yeah. More too, it was too taboo to really go into or, you know, un, unladylike or you just didn't talk yeah. about that. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I went to a Catholic school, so, like, hardly any of that was really, po- like, a, like, it was hardly appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it was, was it not? But, like, it was appropriate. It was so appropriate. Yeah. It's human. It's natural. It's just uh-huh. a part of being human. Exactly. <laughs> being a female, which is actually really beautiful. And yeah. that comes back to my letter that I wrote to my um, reproductive system because part of having that disease led me to become really loving and accepting of all parts of me mm. and now I send just really loving messages to all of my reproductive system because there was a point there where especially when after the surgery when I was in pain yeah. that I wasn't very loving towards it yeah. and I kind of I, I was angry and I was hurting probably. Um, mm. But now I've just come to a place of acceptance of it and um, of, of, of my um, feminine, like my, my feminine energy and yeah. how beautiful it is. You know, one day it'll lead me to be a mom, which is incredible. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Definitely. I love the positive spin on, you know, the struggles that you went through. With the treatment of endo, is it is it treatable? Is it curable? Or is this something that you're going to live with for the rest of your life? Well, um, it does come back. And um, so there is always the risk of that. Yeah. Um, I'm adamant to not have it back. Yeah, so I love I that. And, <laughs> I try and do as much as I can. Like I get acupuncture and I eat well. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not perfect in any way. I still drink co- like uh, coffee. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have a weak pillow. <laughs> um, you know, I try and because it's, you know, it, 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 there's studies to say that it's very much caused by inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially I try and eat any inflammatory foods and um, I try and avoid stimulants basically, but um, such as alcohol and, you know, lots of caffeine, but yeah, yeah, exercise is really good for it. Um, But also balancing that yin energy and not going too far over to the yang side of things where you're just like pushing, pushing, pushing yourself all the time and your energy levels are depleted. Um, so I try and do things like walk long walks, getting out in nature, yoga, 
Um, Ooh, I love yeah. all of those things. <laughs> yeah, lots of self-care and yeah, compassion perfect. has come into my life from as a result of and as a result of many things, but mostly that diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Wow. Again, thank you so much for sharing your personal journey. I want to switch lanes a little bit. And I know that this journey would have shaped you to who you are today and that led to Together We Wait. So let's mm. talk about that a little bit more. I, oh, I want- love this part. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. So I want to discuss your passion, which is this Together We Wait community. Uh, so yeah. when and why did you create Together We Wait? Um, so essentially I created Together We Wait It actually I'm writing, I've got, uh, I'm writing a memoir and one of the chapters is called My Uber to Vulnerability and essentially it started Together We Wait from this experience and (laughs) I'm going to try and like make it as short as possible this story. That's okay, that's okay. (laughs) I was, I was, I was getting my, I think it was my third transfer and I was going to see this amazing Chinese medicine doctor and getting acupuncture and taking all these Chinese herbs um, to try and increase my chances, you know, build up that endometrium lining and make it really fresh for a transfer. Um, So anyway, I ordered an Uber to get home from the acupuncturist. And in the Uber, I was talking to the Uber driver and he was saying, I was in a bit of a rush and he probably could feel my, because I was trying to get home too. Yeah, my sister was coming over with my nephew and I was so excited to see them, but I also had to clean the house and whatnot. Um, And he was, we ended up, I was, anyway, I, I, I gave him time and we talked and he, he opened up to me and said, oh, <laughs> this is, I have this ability to go really personal with people straight away. I love away. that, I straight away, just straight deep into it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have tolerance for yeah. surface level conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, we were talking and he was saying to me, he openly said, um, my, my wife and I are, are struggling to fall pregnant. He had asked me if I had children and I said, no, I have a beautiful nephew who I'm about to see in 20 minutes, you know, he didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get there. Um, and, and so we were just almost arriving at my door and he had told me that. That's and, crazy. Um, he wow. said, oh, we were, and that was coming from, like I was coming from an appointment and, um, and cause I thought to myself, oh, that was such a rude question at the time. Cause I was quite like, I don't know, I was probably holding a lot of, bitterness about having to go through IVF and um you know and when people ask you about whether or not you've got children or whether you want children it's just a bit of a it's a reminder of what you don't have and what you really deeply deeply want um and but then when he opened up to me about the fact that him and his wife were struggling and I am so I still feel shame about this Mm. I said to him I wish you all the best and then we had just pulled out the front of my door and I just got out of the car and I felt <laughs> terrible that I couldn't share with him what was going on with me. Yeah. And, and it was, and it didn't, it didn't leave me that feeling um, because I always believe that when you have the opportunity to help someone, you should. And if it mm. means being open hearted and vulnerable, then you should definitely do that. Um, yeah. So it went against everything, every part of me and and my being Mm -hmm. um 
so I decided the next week to share my story more widely on social media and I spoke about it in a video and said that I really wanted to start a support group for women going through IVF Um, and I explained why um, because I know I imagine that conversation would have gone so differently if I had been vulnerable with him. Yeah. So I decided to just be vulnerable with everyone. <laughs> so I, I love that. <laughs> and um, Marnie Vale, the co-founder of Together We Wait, um, yeah. reached out to me. She was actually a friend of a friend and she was going through IVF at the same time as me. And um, we mm-hmm. actually have really similar, we had really similar trajectories actually on our journey and lots of different, lots of um similar things happened to us um and she reached out to me and she's like I want to help you I totally agree there needs to be more support for women going through IVF and my rationale behind it was that actually I would sit there like every second morning in the clinic IVF clinic waiting for to to get a blood test or to get an internal ultrasound Mm -hmm. um And I would be sitting surrounded by these women who are on the same path as me, well, you know, going through the same thing, yet the environment wasn't really conducive to having a a conversation with them. You know, you were waiting to get called in for a test. Um, So I I wanted to open that space. Um, so that was it at the time. That's, that was the catalyst for Together We Wait. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's such a cool story as well. I, it's not just like a, you know, something you're just like, oh, I need a help. It was a, like a life-changing event that happened in an Uber, in an Uber drive <laughs> that created it. Wow, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know I've done a little bit of research on your website and I did see there was a thing on um, the three pillars of conception. Um, yes. So I know you have said in the past that you've reprogrammed the three pillars of conception. So could you please talk us through those? So essentially the first pillar is curiosity, um, which is getting curious about it, what, what we've already spoken about briefly. It's getting curious about um, our bodies together. So talking about things in a way that's really open and what's normal and what's not um, in order to create that clarity. But it's also getting curious for Together We Wait because it's primarily about IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is about IVF. Um, is getting curious about the process. So getting curious together about the process in order to create clarity. And then what stems from that is the next pillar, which is compassion. And part of the compassionate pillar of Together We Wait is about me and the women of Together We Wait starting conversations with IVF clinics around how they can improve their care, their patient care, um, in a more compassionate way. Um, and that's not to say that they're not being compassionate now, mm-hmm. but there needs, there's everything, there can always be improvements. Yeah. And it's about giving these women a voice um, for yeah. that because I've done a lot of talking to women in IVF from 2016 to date. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's the, the system is flawed. Yeah. And there needs to be some better approaches in terms of, compassionate care especially an understanding of what well not understanding but an empathy towards the fact that these women are 
living their everyday lives, i.e. going to work, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. in conjunction with this period of going through IVF. And sometimes that side of things isn't taken into account. Um, but part of the compassionate pillar, which is so important too, and actually should comes before the, the patient care part is self-compassion. Mm-hmm. So what, what I really want to see created in Together We Wait is a level of self-compassion towards themselves, the women. Um, I feel like I, when I was in IVF, personally, I was really hard on myself. I was trying to control everything, all, all of the diet, the lifestyle, minimizing stress, even controlling my feelings and emotions in a way so I could just front up and keep going. Um, And then what we forget is that we exist and that our happiness is important too. Mm. Um, So I think that I would like to remind remind the community and I do um we do do this yeah. and actually the women that are are in together where you wait bring bring different pearls of wisdom into how they manage certain things so it's like yeah. a sharing of compassion um oh, but just beautiful. really building up that really strong self-compassion which is nice yeah and so important wow that's cool. oh, so critical yeah <laughs> yeah awesome was that the was that three or was that the t- two? oh sorry and then most in, the <laughs> the one that un, the one that actually underpins all of it yeah. is connection so that's the final one uh-huh. and connection is oh, the most important one to me I can't believe I almost got it <laughs> um, I just assume everyone knows yeah so exactly it's about connecting it's about connecting women with one another on the basis of the lived experience and shared yeah. understanding and. There's so much amazing beauty in that, informing those and delivering those connections. Um, there's been, I've got so many stories Ooh. about this, but one of my favourite ones, which I'll share, yeah. um, is actually just there was, there was a meetup, in-person meetup, where I had a lady who had been trying to conceive for a number of years I think and she was she was up to her like 13th cycle wow and um nearing her 40th birthday and her and her husband were considering egg donor but he wasn't sold on the idea yet Mm -hmm. and I had at that meetup another lady who had actually had a baby through egg donor and they they chatted about it and then she went back, she must have went back to her husband, the other lady who was mm-hmm. considering a donor, and they had a, had a chat and months passed by and it got to the end of 2018, I think it was in December. Yeah. yeah. She wrote me a message and she said, because I had mentioned to her that I knew someone else in Together right, who had had a, had a baby by an egg donor who might be open to speaking to her, mm-hmm. um, primarily because the lady had had the baby in Hawaii like the egg donor was from Hawaii and oh. this, this other lady was considering Hawaii as well. Um, so anyway, she messaged me in December and she said, I'm, we're really thinking about this. This is getting, um, you know, serious. Yeah. And um, I'd really like, would, it, would you be okay with connecting me with this other lady who you mentioned? 
Mm-hmm. And I said, absolutely. Like for me, it's a matter of just asking her if she's happy to talk to you. And yeah. Numbers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was more than happy to do that. <laughs> and she did. And um, this year in February, they welcomed two <gasps> little girls. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. That's beautiful. That, that is, and they are beautiful. And yeah. they're a little, little miracles. And Wow. So essentially back to that connection that was created with the other lady. So they, she walked her through everything that would go down mm. um, from a, from a logistic point of view. Um, and then, and, and just stayed with her throughout the whole process in terms of texting her when she like um, that other lady was texting her and yeah. she was in Hawaii asking questions and oh, yeah. So just like so, her own little support system. Yeah, but with someone, and the importance here is with someone who's been through it. Yeah, the lived experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's perfect. I See, that's why I think what you do is so beautiful and how you create that community for people to experience these. Oh, look, what I do is just facilitate it. These women are the most amazing, the, the strongest women and incredibly loving and kind towards one another. Um, they make it. I'm, I facilitate it and I'm proud of myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, good, good. Not just, good. I'm not discrediting what I've done. <laughs> Yeah, but really, they are the ones that make it so amazing. Oh, I love that for sure. And I guess that leads me to about talking about you facilitating it, um, yeah. soul gatherings. And also, yes. I did see a little thing about Mighty Networks as well, the app. Yes. So did yeah. you want to talk us through what soul gatherings are and what they entail? Yeah, sure. So Together We Wait was primarily when it first started in-person meetups. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was just on the basis that given that it was such a personal thing, we thought that it would be best to meet up in person. Yeah. And it certainly is. So we still run soul gatherings now, we call them, yeah. um, where women can meet up. But now they're more focused. So we used to get <laughs> – they were a little less structured in the past and we used to have just – you know, coordinate, like we'd have picnics in the park or go to cafes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But now they're definitely more structured because Together We Wait has various partners that we work with. So dietitians, naturopaths, herbalists, um, et cetera. So we bring them along to do a little session um, and then there's time to share at the end. But the soul gatherings probably run, um, you know, ad hoc for when I, when I feel like I have space to do that. Cause that's a one woman show at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, together we wait. Um, so yeah, we recently, one was recently scheduled. Um, but we, you know, given the current situation, we couldn't meet in person. Yeah. So yeah. we did a webinar instead and that was for endometriosis awareness month. And actually I'm publishing the recording of the webinar soon for people to, it'll be available for people to purchase it was two hours of um of endometriosis from a naturopath's perspective with eliza blackwood who is just she's been practicing as a naturopath in cbd health clinic for 18 years and is a wealth of knowledge um and then another lady called anna marake who has a 12-week endo diet plan um, which is yeah so it was just so informative so essentially the soul gatherings are kind of a 
have a part to them where they're about that that curiosity and clarity pillar of Together We Wait, mm. which is, you know, getting yourself to a level where you feel comfortable um, around the knowledge that's out there and deciphering what's true or false for you. So yeah. that helps in that respect. And then there's time at the end for connection. Yeah, wow, beautiful. That's, yeah. a, that's such a great um, way for people to connect and not only just on the social aspect, but also the knowledge and knowledge is power. So that's, that's it is, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what about Ma- the Mighty Networks app? Is that a newer? So that's the Together We Wait community. So uh-huh. it's moved just in October last year, it moved online. Yeah. So this year is very much going to be a building year for Together We Wait online. So yeah. it's about, so it's facilitated through a platform called Mighty Networks where it's a subscription-based platform and um, essentially it's the most amazing app ever. Like you can run, I can run polls and everything. So I can really dive into how I can, how we can together as a community decipher what needs to be fixed or what suggestions we can make to clinics in terms of better patient care. Um, So and but it's also I scheduled the, I scheduled the soul gatherings on there and um, the soul gatherings that we have on the Mighty Network platform are weekly so it's over a Zoom chat oh, um, cool. where I run a meditation and then the ladies connect um, and talk. It has a bit of structure to it, um, and then yeah, I look to be bringing in more of the dietitians and the naturopaths, acupuncturists, etc., to come and do little chats. But also bring back ladies who who have been involved with Together We Wait and come to meetups in the past, yeah. who have had their beautiful babies to share their stories of hope. That's one thing the community has actually asked for, yeah. which I think is so beautiful. Definitely. You know that. They're like, yeah, we need we need hope, you know, we need mm-hmm. stories of hope to get us through, which is just it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And empowering as well. That's beautiful. So empowering, yeah. Wow, cool. I love that as well. Um, and then so for people like me who are in Queensland and some of my listeners will be as well, is there yeah. would is there a way they can connect? Would it just be going online? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, so um, that's through the community, the online community, which is facilitated by a mighty network. So it's yeah. it's together we wait um, still, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's all linked on my website. So it's actually I'm hoping one day it'll be global. I've got a few New Zealanders at the moment in the community, which Ooh. is cool. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's it'll be available to everyone, and the beauty of it is. Um, the app is they can you can actually make your own little meetups so people who join the community can put in their demographics and it will show you someone within your area that you can catch up with um, and organize little meetups with which is cool that's so so exciting I love that idea for sure Oh, that's so cool. And I think global is, I love the goal for you. I love that it's not just, you know, staying within your town or your city, you're growing and and hoping to support and share experiences with many other women in the world. Exactly. And also seeing what other countries do in terms of providing that um, compassionate pillar of patient care. That's really of interest to me. And, um, and I'm sure of the women of Together We Wait too, yeah. Yeah, interesting and exciting to grow and learn. Again, thank you so much for sharing that. 
find Together We Wait? Um, so just www.togetherwewait.com.au. Perfect. Um, and yeah, we've also got a Together We Wait Instagram account. Um, but yeah, that's it. Perfect. Cool. That seems nice and simple. I will also leave it in my comments for this podcast. So all of our listeners can copy and paste if they'd like as well. But again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with our listeners. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are very welcome. And I'm really excited for this platform to be shared and hopefully people can get a bit more information from you. Wonderful. Thanks, Steph. This week's shout out of the week goes to Her Nourished Kids. In particular, her latest ebook on healthy family on a budget. Chrissy is a gorgeous mum of three under six. She is also a certified nutritionist who wants to help other mamas with mealtime success. I've recently purchased her interactive ebook with video content and she's even provided a free, completely free Facebook group for extra support. How amazing, and it's the most affordable recipe book too. Definitely recommend. You'll find swaps and substitutes, um, things like food hacks, and of course, budget-friendly family recipes. Um, She also has some great tips on grocery shopping and budgeting with that, and even some meal plans too. I just love the concept of nourishing our children and ourselves without having to break the bank. You can purchase yours by going to Shop Her Nourished Kids, Dot com or visiting our Insta page, her.nourished or hernourishedkids. As I've said before, I really recommend supporting local mamas in business, especially right now with everything going on. A lot of people have lost their jobs and their side hustles have now became their main source of business. Sending everyone so much love and support. I am always just a DM away. A little PSA, public service announcement, next month. So the month of May, we are focusing on managing motherhood during isolation. So I'm going to have a few gorgeous guests on to talk about all the things that we're probably struggling with together, like homeschooling, keeping toddlers entertained, nourishing our kids and ourselves, um, keeping our mental health in check, keeping active, um, keeping sane, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm so excited to share it all with you and I can't wait. Wow. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you took value from this, I would love for you to share it on your socials, leave a review, um, give us five stars. Even just send us a DM on Instagram at the Mummy Mayhem Podcast. We really love our audience and what we love most is that we get to interact with you in real life. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Say bye-bye.